Welcome to Valley Lights Church. It's the first Sunday in November, and I'm grateful. November is a good month to practice gratitude. You know, we got Thanksgiving coming. But I'm also really grateful because as a church, we just pushed through an intense two-month period. Um, we In October, we had a, a sports camp, which was a five-night program that we put on as a, a way to engage our community and really get involved in our neighborhood. That went really well. It was tons of work. That was super exhausting. We also had a grand opening in our new location. And so we uh, moved as a church to Rio Norte Junior High, and that's gone really well. We've been there for about a month now. That required quite a lot of work, and there was a big buildup for that. And before that, in September, we celebrated uh, one year celebration as a church. So we've, we've made it for a year. We're relatively new. And uh, here's a photo of our last gathering or, or a gathering as uh, what, you know, who was all within our church at the one year celebration. And uh, so over the past two months, there's been a lot of big days in a relatively short amount of time. It's felt kind of intense. And uh, there, you know, we hit these big days in life, big celebrations or moments or big experiences. And I've had other big days in my personal life too over the years. Uh, one big day for me was when we went to uh, Washington, California, or Washington. <laughs> you know, when you, when you live in California, you start thinking that uh, California is all there is. <laughs> okay, so no, it was Washington, different state. And um, we had a family vacation there with some of our extended family, actually a lot of my wife's family. And this is actually, this was one of my favorite vacations that we've done because um, the place was so beautiful. Uh, just the forest and the beach and the bald eagles and, and the ocean and, and the mountains and everything was amazing. Also, it was really rare that we were able to get everyone together. And so you can see a group photo of, um, you know, a lot of our extended family all in one place enjoying uh, this, this big vacation home together. It was tons of fun. Another big day for me, though, yeah, if you go a few years back, uh, was when we had our first kid. <laughs> and Liana, uh, who's nine now, this is a picture of her as a baby. And that transition of going from uh, a young married couple to a mom and a dad, wow, that was, that was a big day. And one for sure I would never regret because I love being a dad. It's one of my greatest joys in life. And uh, one more big day. I'll, I'll go back a little bit further into the archives. And um, my wife, Erin, uh, she was my first date, too. And so um, here's a picture of one of the very first formals that we attended together. And I dressed up in this amazing baby blue suit. <laughs> and I thought that I looked so good. <laughs> we had this coordinating outfit together. And um, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we made it through those years and, I'm, and I got married. <laughs> you know, we tend to think of the good days in our lives as the big days. But in reality, it takes a lot of routine, mundane, just normal, everyday days that lead up to the big days. Sometimes there's hundreds, maybe thousands of just ho-hum days in between all of the really big days. Um, you know, there's a lot of work days. There's a lot of changing diapers if you're 
young parent, there's a lot of cooking dinner. There's just a lot of mowing the lawn or parenting. And a really good life develops and blossoms when we're able to stack up good days. Not just have a few really big days. So I'm really glad that you're here joining us, listening in on this, uh, I guess, normal Sunday. <laughs> it's maybe, it's just, just, maybe this is just a normal day. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, my name is Bruce. The, I'm the lead pastor of this church. And uh, we're starting this new message series today called Stacked. Four ways to stack good days. And, you know, there's a lot of ideas about there, out there about how, how to stack up a good life. Pursuit of good life is one reason that a lot of people live in this city, in Santa Clarita. People are looking for a good life. But I think it takes a little bit more than picking a great city to live in. Because even here, in this one most wonderful of all cities, even bad things happen here. A brief look at the history of Santa Clarita, and you see there's been there have been some big days and there's been some bad days. And this message series, it might be good timing for you because, you know what? The holidays are coming. <laughs> We're rolling into November, going into December, and the holidays, you know, for you, when you think about them, uh, does it sound like fun? Or does it sound a little bit stressful? Maybe a little bit of both. It probably feels like it's going to get busy. And you know what? There might also be some expectations on you from different people. And uh, we're going to the holidays. Uh, you, you know, there's, there's some days coming. Also, this message series might be helpful because our world is stressful right now. And there's a lot going on. Some things don't feel like they're going in the right direction. So how can we, in light of all that's going on right now and in general, how can we stack good days? How can we have one good day after another? Well, God has given us instructions for stacking up many good days, even in less than ideal conditions. Actually, we have instructions for stacking good days even during painful, troubling events. So I want, I want to show you that the Bible says that stacking good days starts with eating a good breakfast. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding. Um, I do love breakfast, and it is a big prior, it's a staple of my every good day. But uh, what the Bible says goes a little deeper than that. Stacking good days starts not just with breakfast. It starts with fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy 6.24 is a verse, and here's what it says. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God. Here's why. So that we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. The fear of the Lord is a really big theme in the Bible, and it takes a little bit of understanding. It, it's a uh, fear, you know, it, it could relate to being terrified of God. That may be the case, but um, also there's this idea of fear that really has to do with awe and reverence, respect for God. And, you know, since it can be confusing, you know, should I, should I be afraid of God if I should have fear of the Lord? Let me give you a really practical definition of fear of the Lord. It's taking God seriously, taking Him seriously enough to obey Him and stay within the boundaries that He sets. This is what it's like to fear the Lord, to, to really take Him seriously. 
In Deuteronomy, God wanted his people to take him seriously enough to obey all of his commands, to pay attention, to follow through, get clear on what God says. And there's blessings or consequences that flow in relation to how carefully they did that. You know, and it wasn't just for the sake of like robotic compliance, you know, or I've got to, I've got to do what he says. I have to, you know, obey like a, like a robot. No, it was actually, there's some personal blessing. There's some benefit that comes to us when we take him seriously. So how about you? Do you know all of God's commands? There's a lot. Uh, how about, how about, do you know if right now at this moment in your life, you're living in total compliance with all of his commands? And if, if that was our goal, if that was how we thought the best life would flow, that assumes some things about reality. We would assume if, if, if I really ought to bring my life in line with God, that, that means um, reality is fixed. It's, it only goes one way. It's not subjective, depending on who you are and what you believe. And God is the one who fixed reality. So when considering how to stack up good days, this question comes up, okay, how, just how important is it for me to factor God into my life and his commands? If I really want a good life, I want to stack up good days. Really, the question comes up, can I put a good life together without God? Hollywood seems to think so. Our world seems to think you can put a good life together without God. There is a movie that came out called Soul. It's one of the Pixar movies, and I really enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very creative. And at one point in the movie, the main character, Joe, he's given a second chance in life. And, you know, he realizes how precious life is, and he's asked a question. Someone says, what do you think you'll do? How are you going to live your life? And I'll just say for a kid's movie, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a really good question. How, what are you going to do? How are you going to live your life? And you know what? That question deserves a really good answer, like a really thought through, really like carefully arrived at conclusion. It's a great question. And so the music swells feels kind of emotional at this moment, and he answers, the main character answers, I'm not sure, but I do know I'm going to live every minute of it. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> this big moment. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm going to live every moment of it, but like, what, what does that actually mean, though? <laughs> what, what implications does that mean? I'm going to live every minute of my life. It's so interesting that that's the big answer to the question. Uh, which I actually, by the way, I really like this movie, and I, I'm hoping this, to show you another scene of it in a, in a future message that I, I really, really like. But, you know, I was, I was looking at some comments posted uh, about this video clip and uh, on YouTube. I love, you know, you gotta love the comments section. So one person, they, they watched this part of the movie, and they said, this might be Pixar's most mature and intellectual film. All right, so people are liking it. Another person said, hey, the moral of this movie is you don't need a purpose to be alive. Just enjoy the ride. 
Okay, hey, that's good. You know, and actually this movie won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. And it's a movie that's super optimistic. It's a feel-good movie. But I think it's just a little too simple. I, 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 I wish life was that easy. Hey, I'm just going to live every minute to the fullest. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think there's more. I think there's more that needs to be considered and factored in. If you were to consider what it means to fear the Lord and factor that into how we live life, here's a suggestion. Look really closely at the lives of people who take Christianity's teachings really seriously and, and people that actually know them and live them out. Do you, first of all, do you even know anybody like that? Do you know anybody that really takes the Bible seriously? might be kind of hard to find. It's really easy to find church-going people and people that have got church background and, you know, families that grew up in church and all that, but to really live out, take the Bible seriously, it's hard to find. So, you know, if you, if you know anybody, take them, compare them to people that don't take Christianity's teachings seriously. You know, those true followers, they're not going to be perfect. Their lives are still going to have problems. But over time... What develops? What, what would you notice? Are there any patterns that you see in their relationships? Or are those people becoming better or worse family members? Are they becoming better or worse workers in their jobs or citizens in their country? Are they able to function really well in the real world based on those beliefs? I mean, how does, how does, how does life work out for people that take the Bible seriously? There really is a big difference between knowing it and doing it. I don't know if you've ever bumped up against a problem in life and you thought, man, why is this so hard? Like, why is, why is this relationship not working right now? Or, uh, I, I don't know what to do about this problem. I just feel stuck. Sometimes we bump up against problems in life and I'm not sure what to do. Or, or sometimes we, we, we've got a problem and we just coexist with it. Maybe, maybe this is just what I have to do to endure. I just, maybe it doesn't get any better than this. Or maybe there's no solution for this. Maybe the, life is just this way. Sometimes our way of dealing with life's problems is inadequate. Because we're missing something. Maybe there's a way to handle a problem that would be more effective, but we're just missing something. This happened to me recently. So at our sports camp that we did recently, uh, we had to rent these big light towers because we're on this basketball court in these fields with no lights. It's that you know, it's October, it's nighttime, it's dark, and the lights are big, heavy. They're generators and towers that go up 30 feet. So here's a picture of one of the ones that I uh, we rented from uh, equipment uh, equipment place. And so we positioned them all just right. One of the lights had to go up on this, uh, go from the basketball court up a curb onto the grass so that it would shine into the field. And uh, everyone's scrambling to get things set up one night. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll yank this thing up the curb and onto the grass. And so I'm pulling, you know, it, it's got like this hitch that you can connect it to a truck. And I'm, I'm holding that part of it, trying to pull it up and... I'm like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> this thing is a monster. So uh, I'm like, I'll get a, I'll get a, 
a rolling head start. So I push the thing back. It's, I don't even know how, how many hundreds of pounds the thing is. And I get a head start and I pull it and it slams against the curb and drops. You know, it just lands and it just kind of jerk, jerks me down. I'm like, okay, that didn't really work. Well, a couple other guys saw me struggle and they're like, hey, we'll help you out. I'm like, okay, perfect. What we probably need is just more muscle. And so they get on the back side of it. I'm on the front side of it. I'm like, let's give this thing a really good yank. And, uh, and I had these uh, little ramps, you know, little plastic ramps to, to get it to roll up from the curb, you know, up the curb. So I'm like, all right, this, this, we're good now. Now that we have enough muscle. And so we get a head start, we're rolling. And when we hit those yellow ramps, that thing just stops, bam, and yanks me down, uh, slices my hands, all the metal pieces right there. And, uh, you know, I start bleeding right away. And it hurt. I like that, it just jolted my whole body. And what I found out after, it took John to show me this, but <laughs> those little ramps, so uh, if you flip it one way, it's a ramp. You flip it the other way, it's a wheel chalk, which means it's designed to cradle a wheel in place so it doesn't roll away. And I had it on the cradle mode, <laughs> so it wasn't going anywhere. And um, man, that was that was painful. I, I thought, we have a problem. I just need to muscle my way through it. Well, the I, I experienced a painful result that showed me otherwise. My my view on what was needed and what the reality was was not right. I thought reality about the light and about physics worked one way, and I was wrong. I was totally wrong, and I I had to pay a price for that. Sometimes in life, I think we try to just muscle our way through in the w whatever way it makes sense to us, regardless of whether it lines up with reality or not. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Our approach doesn't work out. And sometimes we can see, oh yeah, I made a mistake there. And sometimes we don't see what went wrong. We can't, we're missing something. This is not what I expected. And this is, I don't know what to do now. What I've come to believe is God created reality and it's fixed according to his ways. And I believe that when I operate in line with his commands for his reality, my life goes better. But when I just decide to do things the way that I want to, whatever makes sense to me, life has a way of coming back to bite me. Sometimes the consequences roll in really fast, sometimes it's instantaneous, and sometimes the cracks and the foundation don't show up until a few decades later. I've seen this happen as well. I've, I've talked with parents with teenagers who, you know, when they were little kids, they raised them a certain way. Their perspective on reality was that parenting needs to happen in this way. Kids got older, five, seven, 10, 12, 16, 18, and now the relationship with their kids is awful. And it's falling apart and the kids don't want to follow God. They don't want anything to do with church and the parent doesn't know what to do. And they're asking for help now, 18 years in. The best time to ask the deep questions about life is when the foundations are being poured so that our lives can be made strong enough to handle the stresses to come. We need to have an accurate view of how life in reality works. And life can be really stressful. That's because it's complex. It's not an easy thing to figure life out. But 
here's the thing. We've got the Bible. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes the Bible, it feels big and overwhelming and it's so long to read. And come on, man, this is hard to understand. There's confusing stuff about it. But actually, I'm really glad the Bible is so large and so complex because it's comprehensive. God has given us adequate instructions for how to live according to his reality. And I'm very grateful for that. So, do you want to start stacking good days? Do you want to avoid pain and experience blessing over the long term? Well, the first step is fear of the Lord. And here's what this might look like for you. One next step you might take is to decide to live within God's commands or in line with God's commands. Sometimes I like to ask people, hey, so how, how about when did you first decide to start following Jesus and to make him your Lord? And, or, you know, I like to find out what, what, what is, hey, what's, what's your spiritual journey been like? And for someone that has decided to become a follower of Christ, become a genuine Christian, um, sometimes the answer might be, oh, I, I've believed my whole life. But I know that's not true because nobody's pops out of the womb having faith in Christ. It's something that we have to choose. We're, we have the choice in life for who we follow. So there's usually, even, even if you grew up in a Christian home or you've had a lot of church influence in your life, for every person, there, there is a point in time. It might be a day. It might be a season. It might be a period of time where some events happened. But, you know, there's a point where we drive a stake in the ground and we say, you know what? I'm going to make my life about following Jesus and I'm going to take his commands seriously. And you know what? Maybe you've been hanging around church for a little while or maybe this idea of following Jesus appeals to you or you've been weighing out the options in your mind. Maybe you've been hanging around and you might say, you know what? I am ready to follow Jesus. That would be amazing. Maybe you're ready to drive the stake into the ground. And if you want to do that, let us know. I, we would love to help you with that. Sometimes it's hard to fully comprehend all the implications or know what steps to take. We'd love to be a help with that. You might say, I am ready to live in line with God's commands. Another thing, maybe, so maybe you've already done that. So here, here's something that, you know, for those of you that have been Christians for maybe even a long time, here's something that you might do. Identify one area to take God more seriously. <laughs> you know, this, this Christian life is a walk. It's a journey. And there are times when we, you know, what, we, we could take his commands more seriously. And uh, here, here's a picture of a pie. And because it's Thanksgiving, let's just call this good old apple pie. And, but this pie represents your life. And there's different aspects. There's different slices of your life that you focus on or that you invest in. You've got um, your marriage or your desire to be married or the person that you're with that you might marry um, and all of the relational dynamics that go into that. So in the way that you handle that slice of your life, do, are you really yielded to God's commands? Do you, really, do you think God is pleased with the way that you handle that relationship? Or how about your money? God's got a lot to say about that. He's got a lot of instruction and commands about how we handle that. Is that something that you have really submitted to him? What we do for fun, um, our free time, 
you know, or our time even, uh, if we've got an open weekend, how we spend it, or, or maybe there's some ways we spend our time that nobody knows about, and they're sort of hidden things. There's our future and our plans, things that we're angling to, our goals, is our, is our, what we're going after, does that please God? The way that we handle health, all things health-related, and there's a lot of, a, a bazillion thoughts out there right now about how to have the best kind of health. Is God pleased with the way that we're going about that? There's all these different things, works, words and emotions, the way we handle work, relationships, or our attitude at work, or our integrity, all kinds of things. There's different slices in life where when you become a Christian, the, the decision is, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to submit my whole life, every slice to him. But living that out, working that out, it's a journey. It takes time. And so maybe there's part of your life where God's highlighted that. And, uh, or maybe you've, maybe you've gotten sloppy in your obedience. Or maybe you're making excuses for why it's okay to not really take his commands all that seriously. Or maybe, maybe God's just not really checking and he doesn't really care that much. And the reason that we sometimes know that maybe there's an area is because a true Christian has the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them and he convicts us. And he nudges us and he makes it clear, hey, you've stepped out of bounds here. And that's helpful. Praise God for that. And uh, we, could, we could ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if we do over time, I think the strength of that voice diminishes because we just end up moving in our own direction. That's a, that could be a very bad and damaging place to go. That's why this fear of the Lord comes into place. I, I'm going to, I fear God and I take him seriously, that I will bring my life in alignment with him. So maybe identify an area. And then one last thing that any of us might do to really embrace the concept of the fear of the Lord is to take a step of obedience that will please God, even if it's really hard. Sometimes pleasing God is the hard thing to do. But if my goal is to please my Lord and Savior, my Creator, what steps do I need to take? And if you still haven't thought of an area yet, one thing that you can do, you know, this idea of pleasing God, think of any hot spots in your life, any tension points, any problem areas, any trouble spots. Um, are, you, are there any problems that you're trying to solve? How might you please God in the way that you handle that? Or if you're working through conflict with somebody, or if you're just trying to establish a family, raise a family, have kids, or if you're trying to build a business, um, how might I do that in a way that pleases God? Or the way that we handle our finances, the way we make decisions, or even the way that I do ministry, the way that I involve myself in our church, the decisions I make for serving or getting involved or volunteering or uh, being involved in relationships. We can ask this question, what would please God in the way that I handle this? How can I please God? Over time, we come to learn God's boundaries on life as we walk with Him. And you know what? God's boundaries, they're not intended to be a big killjoy. <laughs> God's boundaries are like guardrails that lead us to real success in life. Have you ever been on a mountain road and you're driving around those big twisty turns and you see those guardrails and you're like, man, I'm really glad those there. And then sometimes you see like tire marks that are like going and the guardrails all mangled and mashed up. 
but it looks like whatever happened there, uh, the guardrail stopped a really bad disaster from happening. God's boundaries are like guardrails for our lives. And sometimes we hop the rails. <laughs> sometimes we go off-roading because that's just what I want to do. It seems better over there. And we've got to get back on track. The fear of the Lord, deciding to follow Jesus, it, it starts with one really big moment. And then there's lots of little moments of obedience for the rest of life. Usually, obedience to God happens in the little details of life. Not necessarily the big days, but just the everyday normal days. The little decisions that flow in the course of everyday life. That's where obedience really happens. So those next, those three next steps, which, which one do you think you might need to take? Maybe deciding to live within God's commands for the very first time. Or maybe you want to identify in the area to take God more seriously. Or maybe you know a step of obedience to take to really please Him. You know, I keep meeting really good people in Santa Clarita. I, I love it. Since I've been here, I've met tons of people. And I've met really good people that don't believe in God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy getting into spiritual conversations with people. And so I met, you know, we got t-shirts printed by a guy and uh, when we first got here and we, we were talking about spiritual things and he's like, no, I, I, I think we need to stay open-minded. To, I need to focus on my responsibilities and my work and providing for myself and just live with gratitude in general. Not to God necessarily, but just to whatever higher, higher being is out there. And that was his approach. Not, a, not somebody who fears God, but just wants to work hard. Another guy, a, bar, a barista, and he's a guy that feels like his family is just overboard about God and talking about Jesus and all these things and feels a little bit ostracized. And you know what? He's not a, he doesn't believe in God, but he also, I watch him work really hard at his job. And he's super friendly and he just brightens up the room or the, the, you know, the, the coffee shop because he's so friendly. It's amazing. Another guy I, I met recently, uh, he doesn't believe in God, but does different kinds of meditations and uh, has found a way to handle stress apart from God and decides to, I, I, he really encourages people to be kind and gracious, to, to really figure out how can you be helpful to people genuinely. And, you know, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed meeting so many good people that live here because they really add to the quality of the city that we live in. I, it's amazing. But what's wrong with that approach? What is, why not just do good things, be a good person, regardless of God? Why is that a problem? I think that anyone can live in line with some of God's commands and life does go better. Maybe there are some things we do that respond to what God has said. Being a good person, good things flow from that. But God is looking for wholehearted obedience to all of his commands. And if we disregard God, and we leave out some of his commands, or if we just don't take it all that seriously, sooner or later, the cracks in the foundation will cause major problems in life. We can bust through the guardrails of reality. This can be intentional or unintentional. 
Deuteronomy 5.29. Here's another verse about the fear of the Lord. It says, oh, this is actually God speaking, saying, oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and to keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. There's this sense of emotion in the verse where God would say, man, just that my people would just take me seriously. And the result of that is that it will go well with us. And not just us, but it'll go well with our children. Okay, so now there's obedience has this generational impact as well. And it says forever. Go well with us and our children forever. I think there are eternal implications that we've got to consider about how we live life. Stacking up good days is nice. But man, do I want an eternal stack of unending good days after this body dies. It's too short-sighted just to be focused on my life and my pleasure right now. So I hope that you'll come back next week. We're going to continue this series, Stacking, Four Ways to Stack Good Days. We've looked at the first way, the fear of the Lord. And this message series is going to be focused on a passage of Scripture a psalm, and, and David, he writes in this psalm, he says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. It's the first thing. He says, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. He says, Do this one thing, do this other thing, and then do this other thing. <laughs> There's three more things that he says, in addition to fear of the Lord, that will lead to many good days. And you'll have to come back to hear what they are. But this passage, it's written in the Psalms, the Old Testament, and then a thousand years later, it's written again by Peter. So God made sure that this word-for-word passage shows up in the Bible twice. And I think God wants us to get a grip. I think he wanted us to come across it more than once. Both authors, David and Peter, a thousand years apart, they were writing and living through very adverse conditions. Um, A lot of despair, a lot of suffering. Yet they write about really a path to have it stacking up good days. And the reason I think this is a helpful series for us right now is that we can stack good days even when the world around us is in a bad way. There's specific, tangible things that we can do, action that we can take. We don't have to be victims of our society. There's things that we can do um, even when so much of our world and our lives may feel out of control or there's problems and there's pains that we face, in the midst of that, we can love life and see many good days. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for giving us your word and showing us a path towards blessing in life and being with you eternally. I pray that this fear of the Lord, the concept of taking you seriously, would root deeply in our hearts. We would be able to identify ways to do that, to take steps of obedience that truly would please you. And as a church, Lord, I pray that it would be a body of people that bring a lot of pleasure to you in the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. Hope to see you next time.